Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown. It is good to be back after last week's hiatus when we were actually just doing something a lot more fun than this, um, to be honest. Um, well, we weren't. Well, some of us were. Um, we, I'm joined uh, by a there kind of... anything more fun than this. Yeah, you're right. By a trio of, gr- of great minds. I've got Paul Baldwin, the head of news. Hello. With uh, man flu, incidentally. With man flu. You're still soldiering on. Very brave to be admired. Thank you. Uh, I've got the Express.co.uk news editor, Thomas Hunt. Hello. 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 And on the phone, we have Joe Barnes, our Brussels correspondent. Hello, with hay fever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, we're excited today, aren't we? Um, I'm Rebecca Hudson, and I've got a reminder of the things that we're counting down till. Uh, we have 134 days until the 31st of October. We have until 6pm this evening, which is when we'll lose another Tory candidate, whether it's Sajid Javid or um, Rory Stewart, who knows. Uh, we've got a day until the Thurs- until Thursday's double ballot, which will decide which final two of these um, fine young minds uh, get to face the members of the Tory party in exciting 48 hours. And then we're just 34 days away from the 22nd of July, which is when we should get a new prime minister. And there's one more date, which is Sunday is the third anniversary of the Brexit vote. It oh my gosh. three years. Oh, heavens. Um, since Britain voted to leave the EU, and here we are, still in a job, yeah, talking about in, leaving the EU. But in that three years, it has spawned some incredible art, including this podcast, hasn't it? It has indeed. You know, like how communism inspired some great poetry. Um, maybe that's well, how we'll be remembered. The ineptitude of our politicians is keeping us in work, which, oh, is, uh, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is great. Okay, so we've got loads to count down till. Let's, let's start this then. <laughs> uh, so the country has been gripped by leadership Mania, hasn't it? Um, I assume we were all glued to the TV last night watching Emily Maitlis try and get a word in edgeways with those awful men. Of course, yeah. Um, and we said goodbye to Dominic Raab. Do you think he'll describe himself as a feminist now? Well, let's, let's have a look at the debate, first of all. The, the, okay. The notion of the, t- <laughs> the, notion of the TV my debates. my <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the, this, this idea that TV debates are somehow an aid to democracy is just a... It's, it's, it's just a Vanity project for the TV companies, as simple as that. Like, this is not a general election, it's a, 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 an election which will involve MPs and then a few, well, whoever, um, however many number of the 100,000, say, Tory party members turn out to vote. A TV debate was not necessary and it was an entirely unedifying spectacle last night and it was the other night on Channel 4. I mean, they can't even sit on the chairs and Rory <laughs> Stewart kept referring it, to this invisible table. They weren't sitting around a table. Uh, it had all the kind of dignity and gravitas and, and uh, clarity of debate of, of the average stag doing Dublin on the 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, you know. It was, all it was this podcast. A cacoph- cacophony, I think. Thomas, it, I think Thomas what do you think? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't... I, I don't understand the format for having them... So Tory leadership debate they've already said they're not going to go at each other very much because blue half of them are worried that they actually will want a job from whoever does win yeah um and it, it really i know we like to 
Emily Maitlis, we should really have one-on-one Andrew Neil sitting there. Exactly. Why don't we Andrew Neil or Emily Because Andrew Neil is hands down the best he, in terms of I don't think, I think Emily Maitlis Emily did a great job last night. Emily lost control completely She didn't lose control. They just don't know no, how she, to behave. She, she, she Can you imagine control. being a woman trying to anchor she a show and trying to get a word in? Can you imagine? I don't know. I stand with Emily on this one. She did lose control as much as not have it in the first place. That was a problem. Well, why don't we let her take it back by giving her a break? She came across like a school, a snarky school prefect and she kept doing these passive-aggressive little side swipes which added nothing to the debate and just and didn't get control of it it was um she she was not great she's not the best and last it night, didn't, to be fair. The, the, the nature <laughs> of the format didn't allow for her to actually question there was one point where rory stewart wanted to pin boris johnson down on his brexit plan and he was off the edge of his because he was on the edge of his seat for the whole time he, he was indeed, off his seat yeah. saying no 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 and emily because of the time restraints mm. and they've got to fit it she had to turn around and say sorry no we've got to move on to the next question and that that is the only question surely yes, that I, should she did keep cutting and cross and interrupting in the middle of what could oh, have I been hate a when women do that. <laughs> like oh you, my god you get used to it over the years actually rebecca <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dominic Raab might not be in the race, but his spirit is alive and well in the room, isn't it? Okay, so you didn't find the, the TV spectacle particularly edifying. Who do you think um, came out on top? In terms of sim- the, the bit, again, that they don't seem to understand is Nigel Farage, when he goes on rallies and he goes in front of the camera, has a very simple message that he repeats over and over again. And voters turn around and say, oh, I I think I understand I understand what he stands for, and I, I, that sounds like something I could support. The Yesterday, the only one I felt with a simple message was Sajid Javid, who came across, he, he, did sim- he got them all to agree that they were going to whoever that was, great. was going to start an Islamophobia um, investigation. investigation. That was just such an important point, but red herring. It was all about a Brexit, this, and there was only one man in the room who had the gravitas and the chutzpah to pull off um, a, a, a win in the Tory party and a win in a general election, and we all know who that is. The rest it of it was them great were, to have him in the room, actually, wasn't it? It was good of him to show up. Yeah, I mean, but that's I, been kind I, of I do get do his think? point that it's all about TV ratings and nothing to do with democracy. They, uh, Tom's point about getting a one-on-one in front of a, a good journalist who's going to tear strips off them. Is, is exactly right. Just just that coffee. Yeah, right. I think, I think an Emily Maitlis, Boris Johnson head-to-head would be much would better. have been much, much better. better. Absolutely. Yep. A, a great journalist scrutinising a man who maybe isn't entirely principled and doesn't have maybe a huge amount of a clue. Um, we, you <laughs> couldn't possibly come up, but yeah, absolutely. To, to do a journalistic job, and that wasn't. She's not a, she's not a game show host. She's a journalist. And yeah, she right. It, almost, it was job. almost below Emily Maitlis. To, then, to, de- to defend the BBC, though, if they, I think if they put that format across... There's no way Boris accepts and comes on. No. I think if well, his team wouldn't let him because he, he kind of crumbles a bit when he's asked questions. He just pretends he can't hear you. Or forgets who's Bat? asked him the Parrots? question's yeah. name. Yeah, and quite. Just says, My friend from the podcast. Yeah. We can talk about that. Um, so, yeah, so he probably wouldn't survive in a, in a one-on-one in the same way. He's, the last time he was on, I think last year he was on Andrew Marr show. Mm. Andrew Marr repeatedly said to him, a read, re-read previous lies he had written in. His, mm. his papers from years ago and just said to him, why did you write this? Or why did you lie about this? And he just went, oh, I don't think people want to focus on <laughs> it. Because he's a politician. A, why, yeah. why is anyone surprised? It, yeah. I was reading this morning that uh, Rory Stewart um, said uh, last year that 80% of the British public backed Theresa May's. Yeah, that was uh, dodgy. And, and, just, and, then, and then he admitted, <laughs> actually, I made that up. In the, in the, the same interview. Barn, in the they same they interview. are politicians. It's what they do, you know. Mm. Why oh, is great. anyone surprised? Um, okay, 
it's Boris's birthday today, actually. 55 years old, which makes him the same age as if we all read the same newsletter this morning. Uh, older than you. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> a little older than me. He's the same age as Brad Pitt. <laughs> Oh, so you c- so isn't that incredible? I mean, well, I don't. Like two nine, sides nine of the same coin, don't they? Two sides of the same. Oh, yeah, quite. Uh, Ladies so have, win both. I hope him and Carrie are having a lovely day. Maybe a few takeaways. Apples. Apples. I think that's an adorable nickname, though. Yeah, don't, don't, don't get too so attached kind. to it, though. No, I know. He'll be um, peaches and some next week. <laughs> uh, how do you think Jeremy Hunt fared? It was a bit of a slam dunk about that Shropshire uh, sheep farmer, wasn't it? <sighs> this thing is a coronation, and we're just really talking about who's going to come second, aren't we? And Hunt is probably going to come second, even though he does come across like a slightly smug plastic surgeon who knows he's got the lady's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> does love running, but doesn't he? He, he, he does, but um, still, um, Tom made the point, um, you need, in modern politics, you need a simple message, and his message isn't that simple. It's certainly not as simple as Boris's. No, no. Um, okay, so he might, he's not going to, so obviously Rob has gone. Where do Rob's votes go this afternoon? Probably not to Jeremy Hunt. Largely to Boris. Actually, as we came in, um, Rory Stewart was on the Victoria Derbyshire show saying that he was up till 3.15 in the morning oh, texting gosh. all of Dominic Rob's, uh supporters, <laughs> uh, trying to convince them to side with him, which I think is a waste of energy because yeah. I don't quite... Where do you get the energy to stay awake until 3.15, all those um, Iranian weddings, maybe? Uh, no, I don't mean that. Um, okay, so Hunt's not going to do very well. Uh, Rory Stewart's texting everyone. Uh, Michael Gove? 41 votes he got yesterday. Really we just was shouting at Corbyn. Um, Michael Gove is, is one you of You discredited Marxists to get back into the dustbin of history where you belong. A direct quote. He, That's not from me to you, Paul. <laughs> he's, not, he's not best buddies with Jeremy, obviously. Yeah, but weird line of attack. Uh, or no? Yeah, 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 maybe. But um, he's still... The, the, how did Gove fare? He fared as well as he normally does, which is not awfully well because he... Michael Gove would be a good man to have on your side, I think, but he's not. He's like the, the bastard child of Adrian Mole and Gollum. And, um, unfortunately, that You're so angry today. <laughs> Adrian Mole. Adrian Mole. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't come over well. He, he will, um, he'd be a great number two. But he... Yeah, but you can't trust him as your number two, can you? Because you eat anyway. But there's, a, there's an interesting point just in, just flicked up on my Twitter, that apparently Rory Stewart and Michael Gove are in talks about combining forces ahead of tonight's vote. So we could see a number two emerge with a joint ticket. And, and as a Liverpool fan, uh, Joe, you'll remember how well that worked for you guys a few years ago, having two, um, well, two matches. Uh, yes. Ev- Ev- Evans and Julio wasn't the, <laughs> yeah. wasn't the great combination, and, and one ended up making one. <laughs> Thomas, what do you think about Gove? The... I mean, it's you, int- he's he's enchanted you previously. So, in terms of if when they all announced their candidacy, Gove was the only one without any notes who just recounted a speech word for word, and he is very very good. He was the the only time Theresa May's deal has had any inkling of any support was when Gove got up in Parliament and had obviously written a big speech in favour of it. And he just, he managed to capture and lots of people came away and said, oh, he's really, if, if Theresa May had made those points two months ago, mm-hmm. this might actually, we, we might not be in the point where it was completely and utterly destroyed. It, he, he does have that ability. He does not. He has the awkwardness. One of the, one of the videos doing the rounds this morning is Gove getting off his stool awkwardly no, he not and his, his knees doing something funny and people are now saying what's wrong with Michael Gove's knees yeah. I mean, we live in this Instagram world and, and I was being mean a few minutes ago I know I think Michael Gove is a very bright man a very principled man 
and seems to be really charming and well mannered. That we know off, uh, off mum's net. Uh, Tom started <laughs> looking at mum's. Yeah, he's obsessed Tom, with mum's by the way, uh, congratulations. <laughs> Tom's had a little baby called Agnes, or Tom and Catherine have, and he started because he's such a new man looking at mum's net. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's been searching who has slept with insert name of Tory can- candidates. Interesting <laughs> use of their algorithm. It's an interesting forum. <laughs> it is, it, no, it is an interesting forum, and, and uh, yeah, the, the Michael Gove. See, the, some people who knew Michael Gove seem to suggest that he was a. a a uh, lovely man, and I'm sure he is, but he just, as a leader of the party and the leader of the country, I'm not sure. And he hasn't, he's still, he has, he has been fighting this whole leadership thing from a sort of, he was about 10 paces behind anyone else mm. because of the whole cocaine. Oh, yeah, the uh, drugs. And that has, hit, that has hit him, so he is trying to get back to the starting line. I think if anything, much. he'd be 10 paces ahead if oh, he was on cocaine. Have but any of those guys not taken drugs? I thought it was like, but it, it was his. Passages and MPs his is the one they they were interviewing uh, after the debate last night. They interviewed Tory members mm. where they went and did a vox pop with them, and they turned around and all of the members kept repeating, "Oh, can't you, Michael Gove and his." Yeah. Whereas, however, it's done with PR or the campaign. He has now been labelled as a guy who's a hypocrite for taking cocaine and writing articles. Condemning people Condemning. And, and making it difficult for teachers to work who've had drugs convictions. I mean, yeah, was, I, mean, I think uh, we'd all co-sign that, wouldn't we? A guy in, uh, I can't remember which court it was yesterday, uh, walked free on a cocaine charge. As uh, The judge said, well, if it's good enough for Michael Gove, I'm going to have to let you go as well, aren't I? So oh my so God. It's really oh, my God. The moral compass has been Absolutely, skewed. Yeah, yeah. Um, we obviously did a poll about this on Express.co.uk and kind of in line with what you're both saying, uh, our readers... Unresoundingly said that Boris Johnson won the BBC debate with over 6,000 votes, close, well, not closely followed at all, actually, by Rory Stewart with 2,000 votes. And then third place, it was, don't know. <laughs> Maybe the chair that suffered so much under Rory Stewart's weird posture. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Bigger, bigger picture as well, remember that uh, there are now. The Labour Party are now, or well, have been calling for a general election, and it's looking maybe increasingly likely. And the, 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 if you were a Tory, the Tory party would lose that election unless they get Farage on board. And the only person, Farage said last night, the only person he would do a deal with is, is Boris. And only then under certain circumstances. But if Boris could pull um, Farage's Brexit party round, he would have a massive, massive majority. He, they wouldn't lose the election. They would, they would have a massive majority. So why would, why would any Tory not want to play that game? And it's uh, following on, so in the Express on Sunday, Farage said that there's little chance of Conservatives delivering on the promise to leave the EU on October 31st. But he did, <coughs> he did last night come in and say that um, there is the possibility of a pact with Boris Johnson yeah. and him. But there's, Boris has a whole host of issues that that would bring in. Well, how do you appease a Matt Hancock and a Francois and a Farage? Like an it's Amber a really Rudd, yeah, and an Rudd, it's, it's really difficult to he, and they've all got they've all been promised the same job, haven't they? So that's also difficult. I'm I would be I don't know. Obviously Boris has kept very quiet about what promises he's made. I mean, there were rumors that he's offered the same job to four different people. Well, his um, wife, the job of his <laughs> wife. Well, <laughs> <laughs> offered to a few people or children. <laughs> the um he he has obviously won over some people. Andrea Ledsom said she had, when she mm-hmm. got knocked out of the race, she had a late night call with him about Brexit and he said he would listen to her plan on Brexit. Um, I mean, take from that what you will. Mark Francois has, was 
apps on Friday and very defiantly said to the camera that Boris had promised to his face that we will leave on October Was it junk 31st. the deal or something? It was it, it some was, pretty powerful, it was pretty punchy, yeah. And I junk think, it. I, I mean, from what we know of Boris Johnson already, I would not be surprised if he has gone around and said completely contradictory things I to mean, a whole host of Tory MPs. Yeah, and he runs the very real threat of getting into power and having a whole group completely immediately leave the Tory party, the Dominic Greaves, who are sitting there saying, "If he, I cannot work as a Tory MP under Boris Johnson. And then... And are you thinking going to what, the Brexit party? Well, or where? No, Greaves would sort of leave and go to the sort of middle ground. He would, oh, he would win over... I actually don't know what Dominic Greaves' position sorry, is. Sorry, he, <laughs> he, he's turned around and said that he would not work. He's very much Remain and has campaigned. Oh, he's, he's a Remain. Oh, he's well, yeah, him and Amber I, will be conquering out of the cabinet. We've seen what uh, taking a sort of huffy principled stance leads to, and it leads to people becoming independent candidates and then maybe coming back to the party and then changing. But it doesn't joining the Lib Dems. Uh, joining the Lib Dems, absolutely. So it's I'm where not he always so sure belonged, though. That there might be a lot of bluster, but not a lot of leaving uh, MPs actually leaving the party. But that and that is the game he has to he he has to go in with this because he's had to appeal to a whole group who would maybe leave to join the Brexit party in the event of an election. Mm. He, he's he got those on his side at the moment. And now it's a case of how many does he lose, if any, because of that stance. Yeah. And if he does, I think we enter the very strange possibility where we have a de facto prime minister who's come in charge into power and doesn't actually have a majority in parliament and would then yeah. have the awkward situation of trying to negotiate with the EU in an even weaker position than Theresa May has been in and having no option but to call a general election. And then will you think a resounding landslide to Unless Unless he gets into bed with Nigel. uh, He gets into bed with... It's not (laughs) unlikely. (laughs) Unless he gets into bed with with Nigel. uh, I I can't see anything but um, that that Nigel's party splitting the Tory vote and um, Jeremy Corbyn getting in via the back door, basically. The... The interesting Boris takeaway from yesterday, though, is I think we have seen, if you, if you go through the different stages of Boris Johnson, yesterday I didn't understand why he he's he's in the lead and he obviously feels he's in a very strong position and doesn't need to say too much at this time. But it was interesting that he didn't, when put on the spot about leaving on the 31st of October, he didn't guarantee it. He didn't turn around no. and say, oh, Boris Johnson would guarantee he 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 flitted around the edges. Yeah. It was a softening, but, certainly. But he, he didn't yeah. say 100%, which I thought would be the easy... I mean, yeah. he's probably getting some messages from the Francoise and the Andrew Bridges yeah. saying, oh, excuse me, you've WTF. promised to my face. Yeah. that." Yeah. And I think that if, if we are seeing Boris soften in the whole personality, are we seeing that he's not going to just say whatever comes into his head, as we've previously seen in mm. events is he is he has he got a team around him who are trying to mold him into I think he's absolutely got a team around him trying to mold him <laughs> into a grown up but um whether it's going to work or not is a is a moot point I think the man has such a huge ego that I don't think he's going to get told by anyone what to do even apples even apples she's she's helped him lose weight though and what? he's got a new haircut and he cares about the whales doesn't he so she did some effect. um because one of my questions was going to be what was a boris brexit but it feels like it's too early to tell what and it kind of depends who he listens to more and what carrie wants or what yeah. he is after i think the, the the most important part of that is what team he puts 
in place around him. him. Yeah. I mean, if if there were rumours that Jacob Rees-Mogg could chancellor, be chancellor, I mean, good grief. If I mean, if you have a Rees-Mogg chancellor, someone suddenly the message comes. wasn't that had Esther McVeigh in the cabinet, didn't it? I yes, mean, it would be could, quite something. Francois's Brexit secretary. Yeah. Could have the think, let's do it, <laughs> Joel. You might be able to help me with this, but um, I think we're doing that thing where we're, we're thinking, oh, we're, we're conducting Brexit from this side of the channel, and of course we're not. Um, I was reading, you might be able to shed a bit of light on this this morning about the um, the moves to kick the Swiss out of access to Europe's financial markets as basically a, a sort of bullying tactic by the EU to say tacitly to Britain, look what we can do. Directly, it's not aimed at Britain, but there are definitely some overtones. So yeah. essentially the current arrangement and relationship between Switzerland and the EU is governed by 121 bilateral accords. Okay, but that sounds like, very EU, like not one, 121, yeah. right? Yeah, so covering different kind of regulatory alignments and so on and so for their financial services. Um, and one thing they have been doing, which is very similar to what we will be doing maybe in October, is starting work on a overall treaty and putting this into a, a big EU relationship treaty. Okay. But that has kind of stuttered because of Swiss concerns about sovereignty and basically concerned that they are handing too much power to Brussels. Kind yeah. of similar story. Yeah, well, I've heard that um, one before, yeah. So... The guy in charge of the commission, Johannes Hahn, one the of Austrian the guy, yeah. um, yes, the yeah. Austrian uh, yeah. commissioner, he basically put out an internal note around saying, look, we cannot, this is, these are his words, we simply cannot accept any further attempts of foot-dragging and watering down internal market rules, especially what is probably the decisive phase regarding Brexit. They're basically saying, and rejecting Swiss renegotiations of the deal, because that will set a precedent when Britain wants to come back and renegotiate a deal. This, so they're very much really trying to solidify their position. Yeah, absolutely. It strikes me as entirely unhelpful on both sides and, and, and pushes Britain further towards a no deal, right? Um, in, indeed. See, we have, we have the kind of the argument of that. But I was, I, was, I was having coffee with a few people last week and they were like, you know what, we don't even see Boris Johnson delivering a no deal Brexit because they think that would instantly topple his premiership and he would become the shortest-lived prime minister in British history. So they really don't think that Britain would dare to leave Europe without a deal? No, I think there's a real hardening resound that they are basically now kind of in charge of the process, let's that's say. spectacularly arrogant. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, think, I think that's what happens when you're... You make, you make <laughs> and and it misunderstands <laughs> the British mindset, I think. That's the other thing. Well, we had a very interesting YouGov poll yesterday of uh, Conservative members, didn't we, where they were asked what they'd be prepared to sacrifice in order to achieve a Brexit. Um, I'm sure we're all familiar with the quite alarming survey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so 63% happy for Scotland to leave the United Kingdom in order for Brexit to take place. 61% happy for significant damage to occur to the UK economy in order for Brexit to take place. 59% happy for Northern Ireland to leave the United Kingdom in order for Brexit to take place. Uh, 54% happy to see the, the Conservative Party up in flames in order to deliver Brexit. Uh, but 51% are prepared to sacrifice Brexit to keep Corbyn out of number 10. I mean, that is completely balmy. Um, is Boris the man to do this? <laughs> I'm looking at you, Tom. <coughs> he... I mean, the the union Boris things like the union are out of Boris's hands. I think, like if he if he pushes on with no deal Brexit, Nicola Sturgeon's just going to sit there and say mm -hmm. we need to have another referendum. And I don't see how we would have a leg to stand on regarding saying it would no, be a difficult campaign. You can't have one. Um, I mean, we'll hear the this is a once in a lifetime. 
I'm sure we'll have that. This is the only it's a vote. Twice in a this lifetime is, opportunity. <laughs> it will only happen the, once more. It, I mean, it'll all come out. But the it's the more the worrying bit would be Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. I think, because I do. The, if you can imagine Boris coming in on a first day, sitting down at his desk, and not quite the message Gordon Brown left of there is no money, but. He might have a message from Theresa May saying... Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, I don't know if she'd leave her pros and cons list, but I'm pretty sure her pros list is about one, my legacy, and then cons are (laughs) (laughs) lose your job. um, But I think he, he he hasn't shown that he has the sort of tactile ability to and sensitivity to go to Northern Ireland, stand there and say, come on, guys, trust me. I'll get this sorted. We're not going to. And there was a question in last night's debate where they turned around and said, from the, the chap from Northern Ireland, who said, yeah. "What? Why? Mm. Well, what is your plan?" And Boris, is this the GAT twenty four stuff? But I have to say, yeah. so which is which was wrong. Do you want to just will you just explain that point because that was kind of interesting, or, or do you want my notes it, on it? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> he, that wasn't a passive ag Emily Maitlis <laughs> shuffle, by the way. That was just Jenny trying to help. Not very much like it, Rebecca. <laughs> It was, but it was the bit. It was the bit when Rory Stewart w- wanted to press him further. Yeah, and that was where what, we had to move what on. What tariffs, taxes, and imports would be charged on agricultural goods crossing the border? And he said that there'd be none because what we want to do is a standstill in our current negotiating arrangements under GATT twenty four. But that isn't how it works because no. you need to have agreed a trade agreement in principle before Article twenty four can be invoked. Just to catch you guys up. Okay. Uh, yeah. All, so all, we all got up to speed on that one then. No? <laughs> it, but he isn't. The, the economy, I think, is something that they could, they'll have plans in place. He will have said something. The WTO will get, in classic Boris fashion, he'll probably come back waving some piece of paper from Donald Trump saying, Donald and I mm. went to Trump Tower mm. and we've, uh, we've come the, back with this agreement. There's a bit of me that thinks we, we are deliberately, or some people are deliberately overcomplicating uh, the solution to this because, as uh, Sajid said last night, the technology exists and, and there's a man who just did 37 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone and received a speeding ticket. Is that you? <laughs> Is <laughs> like, it you again? Clearly the technology exists <laughs> to, to, you know, to, to track people and, and track them down and find them. And well, I will say on that note though, I recently got charged for a white van driving through the emission, new emissions oh zone in London <laughs> that was certainly not my white van okay, and they I'm, were, I'm, they were a letter different. out. I'm not saying there may not be some teething problems with it, but, but the technology, so it's the, the Dartford Tunnel, whenever, well, sorry, the Dartford Crossing, whenever I drive over there, two days later, £2.50 is taken out of my bank account. I don't do anything, it just recognises my plate, recognises my vehicle, things get done. The technology exists, it's not that rocket science anymore. What doesn't exist is a political will, and that's where the problem lies. No, but there, there's, a th- there's a thing here with the technology, and this is what the EU um, and kind of what Boris hinted at with some business leaders yesterday, is yes, we can see the technology is there, but how we actually implement it on a border and add that with the, reg- the regulatory alignment needed is not there. But what we can do is we can extend the backstop. So but that is, again, under- political will, surely, isn't it? We can do this. Being, the regulatory framework isn't in place. Let's get it in place. But this, this is call. this is, and this, and this is what would be done via the transition period. But maybe this is where Theresa May failed to kind of sell it and go. Yes, the backstop is there, but the likelihood it will never come into place because we're going to use three years negotiating this alignment, making sure the technology is in place and tested and trialled while we're still inside the single market and the customs union. 
but no one ever did that and they just kind of sold the backstop as this evil kind of EU customs yeah, union where we're yeah. stuck in it when where it actually go what we're getting is kind of we're in the EU single market we'll implement the technology the alternative arrangements to avoid the backstop and that'll take three years the backstop's just as the EU sees it as insurance policy yeah three years on you know it's three years on Sunday you'd think some of this technology would be in place as a if nothing else as a safety net if it does all go terribly it's very wrong, house you know? compromise isn't it um, um but yeah, there isn't. Yeah, I mean, staggers. It doesn't. I mean, <laughs> it should stagger us, but it doesn't because we just think it's those MPs. Just back to this YouGov poll for a minute. Do you? So obviously, we're just kind of it's Brexit or nothing. You've said it every podcast that you've ever appeared on. Yeah. That this one showdown. Yeah, yeah. So really, kind of like his moral record and kind of mo- Boris's kind of character doesn't isn't really coming into this, and it really it doesn't matter if you're promising tax cuts to high earners or if you're agreeing with oh, just Trump's tweets cuts. about Kate. Yeah, just like, just oh. a little aside, uh, one of the reporters mentioned this the other day. Um, Boris is looking at um, tax breaks for uh, anyone who earns up to eighty thousand uh, pounds. Um, one of my reporters came up and told me that uh, a sitting MP earns seventy nine thousand. Four hundred and sixty-eight pounds. Mm. So I wonder oh, where he came up with that nice. figure. <laughs> Turkey's voting for Christmas, or whatever not. it is. Because um, Thomas, you've got this. There's this amazing thread circulating online about Thomas. About Thomas. No, or well, maybe there is on Mum's Net now. Um, <laughs> How would he lovely? Um, yeah, they would say he was. He was m- mostly lovely. Um, do you think it matters? Like, does do, does this stuff matter? Like, do do the love children, the abortions, and the mistresses and apples? Does this? Does any of it matter? The uh, uh, Jeremy Vine is going around telling a story of how he went to a, a dinner in the early 2000s and he said Boris was due to be the, the after-dinner speaker and he said he was due to be on at 9.30 and at 9.26 he arrived, dishevelled everywhere, came, t- took his seat beside Jeremy Vine and said, where am I? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Jeremy Vine prompted him. He then asked for a piece of paper and a pen, scrawled down sheep, <laughs> and Gordon Brown, and then proceeded to stand up and then make the same thing joke again. He he said, where am I to everyone in the hall, which right. got a laugh. And he managed to, through complete buffoonery, uh, and by forgetting the punchline to his main joke at the end, and then saying, well, oh, it doesn't even matter. Like anyway. Abdullah from Bristol's name yesterday, maybe. But he, he went through the whole thing and managed to sort of, uh, Jeremy Vine came away and said he wrote Boris a, a letter saying that was, genius that was the funniest yeah. best speech i've seen and 18 months later jeremy vine was at another after dinner event boris again and he said word for word it was identical he said he arrived mm. late he forgot his notes he asked where he was <laughs> he forgot the punchline to his joke but, and all the jokes and the stories were the same and he said he then posed the question is the buffoon or is the boris buffoon how long has this been in the mm. in the making are we are we actually playing part of are we just buying into the Boris 30-year plan? We, absolute, we that, absolutely are. There's no question about it. I mean, but, he's sort of uh, created this persona, TV persona, celebrity persona, uh, and it's worked. But That's then the why. question is, is it better that it's planned buffoonery, or would you rather just well, to be fair, off the cuff? He's, he's a public speaker, <laughs> and it's only like, uh, if you go and see a comedian, if you go and see him at, I don't know, the, in, in Manchester one night and then in London the next night, same material. You know, and they're just doing public speaking with gags, basically, aren't they? Which is largely what Boris does. <laughs> is that how you approach this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> but, but in terms of how, does that matter at the moment in, for, for for Tory party members? It certainly no. doesn't, no. They, there is, we have, I'm 
probably we are partly to blame. There is there is one game in town. It mm. is Brexit, and I think you could have some. I, I'm trying to think of the worst thing someone could do and it is, it is, if they promised to deliver Brexit, yeah. they would get voted. I, I think you could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue, was, whatever that. Uh, was I was working on Saturday when the the golf oh. stuff broke, right? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> when the golf stuff broke. And uh, obviously, we had lots of Brexit stories up. And 20 years ago, if uh, if I'd have been running a story about uh, a major politician taking cocaine, it would have been front page two, three, four, five, six, and seven, and it would have continued for days. On Saturday, the Michael Gove story was, was, it was, it was not even one of our biggest stories. It was sort of acknowledged by our readers, but they were much, much, much more interested in uh, real Brexit stuff that really uh, would you know moved the, moved the dial on Brexit mm. was about Europe that was about the um, you know Brexit per se rather than Michael Gove's peccadilloes twenty years ago. Yeah, fascinating. <laughs> but do, are we just showing complete short termism that if if we do leave on the thirty first mm. of October, does everyone turn around and go oh? What, what now then? Yeah. <laughs> What's the? Uh, so, do we go back to caring about? Who is moral standards sleeping with him in number 10 or not? Um, we're kind of past all that, aren't we? Really? Oh my god, I'm fascinated by it. I've read more more stories about that woman than I But we've got Love Island now, haven't we? We might well be on Love Island in the next few years. That will be fantastic. Political Love Island will be that's what this is. Um, should we talk about the Labour Party? Do you remember them? The Labour Party, they're still going, just a few members down. No, because they're um, they've got a um. A meeting today, haven't the they? The Shad Cab, a meeting the today. second referendum. And there was a very good quote I liked. Um, Have you got, are you going to read the quote? I don't no, know. No, no, go on, give us no, your no, quote you, first. No, you do. Well, no, I think no, we might have the same one. So you do yours first. Uh, Jeremy could run down Whitehall in a people's vote onesie and a lot of people would still not be convinced that he really believed it. Yeah, no, I quite like that one. Um, oh, is yours better? Mine was not, no, not better, uh, but... Uh, just different. <laughs> um, Corbyn plans a speech in the coming days to set out the evolution of the party's position. Oh. And, which, given that the uh, current state of the party's position is at the amoeba level, it's got quite a lot of evolving to do, I think. Yeah. Homo, what's, what was the... So, a very... Yeah. I think what's the first so stage of evolution? <laughs> yeah. Oh, was that us? Yeah, that's us. Oh, God, well, it explains so much. But I think they sort of want a second referendum, but they're not they sure don't. what question to ask. Yeah. I think that's where we are. What do we think? Is this going to... Does this shift the dial? Does this, does this mean anything anymore? I, I think, uh, you know, I've always thought, bring it on. Um, but be very careful, Remain. <laughs> the, the, yeah. You know, of what a world where the Remain group, the Remain lobby, have lost two consecutive referenda is one where I'm afraid the Remain lobby have got to shut up and mm. just, you know... <laughs> Buy into it. Tom Watson's kind of become is 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 kind of remarkable about this, isn't he? His sort yeah. of tenacity in the face of all kinds of slagging off in his own party to push this, I think, is is to be commended. What is he um, the leader in waiting? Like, well, what's happening? I wouldn't be surprised if Corbyn this plan has just come about because Paul Corbyn's fed up of listening to Tom Watson. Yeah. Tom Watson and talking Emily about his Thornbury weight loss and, and then talking and about a second referendum. Two things: no going, sugar and a second referendum. Going on to radio shows and TV shows to say exactly looking great opposing lines yeah. to yeah, what no, he has no, just come absolutely. up with, and yeah, he's yeah. probably just turned around and yeah. said, "Right." Yeah, let's let's do this. It, I don't. I mean, obviously, we come to a general election. It's amazing across the six-week campaigning period how much everyone seems to forget what has happened and the message mm. that's repeated yeah. becomes something no one's ever heard of before. But it, it it could. You would think that they have. It's too late to the party to turn around and say 
we're going to have a complete drastic rethink. The, the, the thing is that one, the only certainty is in this whole Brexit thing is that nobody's changed their mind at any level, at any corner of this debate. Chuck O'Mana did. <laughs> Maybe the exception. But he's back now, I think, isn't he? But um, the, the Labour Party, the second referendum would be would add some clarity. What what people always forget is the Labour Party are officially against uh, the EU. They were an, an anti-EU party. They always were. Heath and the Tory, and uh, Heath was the, the leading Tory who pushed the EU on Britain for good or ill. And Wilson, the Labour Party uh, leader at the time, had to take uh, a combative stance because that's the way we do politics in Britain. And that has never changed as Labour Party policy since then. Mm. Well, um, but it would be, be, but you know, I also I was do, I was doing a piece of re, some research for a piece a few weeks ago, and I was looking at some guardians from 1968, and there were leaders written by uh, the editor, their editor called Alistair Hetherington, and they said things like, "Joining the EU will cost hundreds of thousands of British jobs. It will cripple the uh, UK economy. It will undermine our status in the world. Everything that." Uh, a right-wing paper might say these mm. days was being said by the Guardian. It is the polar opposite. Well, now we're doing now. a job. Now they want a and job. It's the first polar Brexit opposite. Something. And, yeah. You know how politics works. It's a yeah. complete vault fast from on both parties' positions. It's, it's bizarre. Bizarre, and we yeah. think it's too late to become the party of the people's vote. It, it seems half-hearted. No one really believes it. There are as many Labour leavers as there are Labour remainers. So tricky policy. It could win tricky times in. <laughs> Commons, yeah, but I don't see how it wins Labour Peterborough again no. in another general election, yeah. or how it wins them a whole host of northern areas that that they have been promised one thing. Yeah, who and we have repeated it to them yeah. for three years, yeah. and it, I don't see how a mess any of their MP, like Lisa Nandy, the Labour mm. MP, will repeatedly say, "I will not win my seat, and we will not win in this area yeah, you... unless someone gives me something." I think I the only do. thing it might do is finally slap those MPs uh, around the chops who have been voting in Parliament against the wishes of their um, of the people they're supposed to represent. Because if you lose twice, you just have to, however high your morals are or whatever we're supposed to believe, they have to represent them or they'll get kicked out. It might focus their minds a little bit on that job. I don't I, know. I'd but be interested to see a YouGov poll of Labour Party members to see what they'd be prepared to sacrifice in, for Brexit. I mean, I'd, I, know, I wouldn't be surprised. If do you think it was, it'd be similar? I, I don't think it would be too. A breaking up of the union. I, I think that it has. It has. It's become the the, the promises still stand about fishing, about mm. the NHS. They those yeah. are still stick in the mind, and it's at any cost. They, it, they voted to leave, and now we'll, would turn around and say it's been three years. Where's all the doom mongering and the? I mean, the fact that we haven't yeah. officially we left. left. Yeah, maybe. maybe we but that it. it we can sort of joke and laugh about it, but that mm. will stick as a, well, three years ago we voted to leave. Some voters will turn around and say, what's it, all that fear-mongering yeah, yeah. hasn't yeah, yeah. happened. Yeah. Mm. I, I stand by it. It, we, it is a difficult, it, if they have, if a people's vote was agreed by Parliament and we were then in the campaigning stage, what does, Cor- does Corbyn campaign to, to remain? remain yeah. Does he go around again? He claims he was very vocal about remain. In the previous campaign, I'm, but all I remember, all I, I remember mean, is him going on the last leg show, and in a white what? fur coat. Producer Packwood is and, nodding and getting out of a, uh, a Rolls Royce. Um, 
What's that got to do with anything? Well, that was his. That was his campaign to, to go on. To, <laughs> it was the Corbyn image oh, thing that right. was going on. He was making a big joke about how oh. he's going to. But that that was his campaign. Oh, that was, that that was him saying, "Let's remain." So yeah, I, he would be put in a spot. I don't see. I don't see now how people would, how they would have a clear message to people to say, no. this is what we've believed all along. Well, maybe we're all Lib Demers now. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> we're all Shaka Amanas. But they, and if if you then came to a general election and you had a Remainer who was umming and ahhing between Labour Party and Lib Dem, mm. I'm sure they'd You'd currently Lib go Lib Dem yeah. because they're the well, ones Well, they're an unequivocally Remain yeah, Party, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, goodness. Okay, so... Uh, prediction time in a few hours we're going to lose a Tory and then by tomorrow we're going to have we're going to know which two it's kind of whittled down to sort of like a Love Island you know recoupling thing um, just so you understand um, who will it be who's going tonight and who will it be tomorrow I think we all know who the who the winner of Love Island will be but I, I think Rory Stewart's gone tonight oh it's that bloody tie yeah, wasn't I, it I actually think did you that- think the tie was weird uh, I thought a lot about Rory was a bit. Yeah, weird. it was a bit you Iranian. Know. Was it an it Iranian was, wedding where he experimented? Was, uh, I think. Or was it an? Uh, yeah, it was a wedding. I a, think. Yeah, it was all a bit had, wedding vibes yesterday, wasn't it? He, maybe spies have to lose the tie because he's not a spy. He's a spy. But the, the key, the key bit yesterday, <laughs> he didn't was deny it. <laughs> not Boris, who pretty much just tried to say as little as possible. Yeah, but it was Gove Hunt and Sajid Javid turning on Rory Stewart and. Oh, the point where the Rory upstart. Stewart made it. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he went to make a point and they all said, well, yeah, but you haven't got a plan. And they all, all mm. four of them were repeating to him. And it, I think it just showed that they feared him, the, the yeah. other three. They want to get to the final two. They probably feel if they're in the final two with Boris, they've okay, got a good job. A chance, yeah. yeah. And that... Rory was their big threat. To did you that. see? The, did you see the quotes he gave? Him with the, what he said to Newsnight about taking the tie off. This is. Did you see this? This is very it's, weird. Yes, I did. I thought maybe if I took yeah. my tie off, we could get back to reality a bit. I was beginning to feel on those strange BBC white bar stores that we were moving off into alternate reality. I think uh, it Michael was a strange rotating stage. His favourite drugs. It would go spinning off like some sort of asteroid. It wasn't a rotating stage. He wasn't in some sort of like <laughs> motel. I love motel in Las Vegas. There was nothing rotating. No, one wonders what had been going on in the green room. Yeah, it, was so, it sounds like so much fun. Pre-Glasto <laughs> sesh. Um, we're obviously not suggesting anyone was on track last night. Yeah, uh, the very idea. He, there was a desperate scramble yesterday to try and find Ken Clark again. Where he is Ken? He doesn't, he doesn't have, have a phone, does he? He's and they, he's uh, voting for Rory Stewart, so they're... They were trying to how, get to Yeah, how do you get in touch with them? Fax him. Um, and I just, I, I don't Open see how. scotch. All <laughs> the single malts. <laughs> oh, uh, it was a, a whiff of cigar smoke, I think, is how they found them. Yeah, absolutely. A, de- a decent Havana and a, and a, and a, sting, a single I, that, malt. It's, ha- it's worked <laughs> twice now. They've managed to scramble him in at the last yeah. minute. But I don't see, the, yes, Sajid Javid, but if it's not today, I think, sadly, the... Uh, the fun times with Rory are, are over. Are so the over. so the couple. So your recoupling is Boris and Gove. I I think if it if if it works out, so we could have three this week, and we lose Sajid Javid and um, Rory Stewart. Yep. I do think Gove might have a trick up his sleeve regarding Jeremy Hunt. Hunt. I mean, yeah, he knows what nationality his wife is, and he doesn't agree with Trump outwardly. So he might have that might. Well, good... But he still claps. In Weirdly. a strange manner. So, uh, Paul, who, who's your who are your people's champions? Uh, I'm uh, broadly agreeing with Tom. I think I think uh, oh. Gold's not completely dead in the water, but at the end of the day, remember that the, the uh, once the MPs have finished voting, the two left will be voted for by the rank and file of the Middle England Tory Party, and it's all academic. 
It's all academic. I know, but we have to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. it's <laughs> academic. But, but there, is, there are minutes Any, to Anyone fill. who has a whiff of remain about them will not win. Um, I, so that Gove does have a, a bit of a chance, and maybe I think more than Hunt. It, sh- it shows the Gove, the, the gap between mm. the MPs will have worked around Gove, worked with Gove, and obviously respect him regardless of strange clapping or whatever mannerisms. Yeah. Mm. But the public, I don't think, the, the the weird thing from the Channel 4 debate on Sunday was all of them getting big applause from the yeah. audience apart from Gove, yeah. who actually on occasions would make an impassioned statement and, and then there'd be sort of silence and he'd awkwardly have to... I mean, to, the, the legacy uh, education is pretty damaging, isn't it? I mean, you've got unions of teachers who will never forgive him for what he, what he did. I mean, you'd think the same thing would mar Jeremy Hunt, but... Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, Gove is, is a little, I don't know. To be fair, yeah. you've got unions of teachers who will never forgive any education minister for anything they've ever done. So yeah, yeah. Just but he, I think his, 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 it's pretty toxic about Michael Gove, and maybe rightly so. Who would know? Joe, the view from Europe, who, who are your men? Um, they're pretty much, the EU are pretty much set with Boris Johnson and very much expect him to be crowned. My personal prediction, but I think we're going to see a bit of manoeuvring this afternoon. Okay. And see a few yeah. joint, joint tickets, as I mentioned earlier. And even maybe we get a, a, a Gove and Stewart ticket, maybe Hunt and Gove come together, because they, they're both presenting a similar Brexit kind of strategy where, look, if we can get close to the deal, we'll kind of, we will extend, we'll fight for the fight mm. for a kind of deal while renegotiating. That was fairly apparent last night, wasn't it, that they were prepared to extend, yeah. I think I Gove know. and Stewart is too much for the public. Too weird. I'm it's not sure that. Fa- I mean, we're just the memes and the a gifts. A great party, be, but really but weird. Was, yeah. I think Rory needs a decent meal inside him, doesn't he? He's he too does. Thin. And, a den- and a visit to the dentist. He's like two thirds teeth. Uh, yeah, no, so so bloody weird. Great, great time to be alive. Um, this has been a spirited and great podcast. I'm so grateful to have you all back. The three most important men in my life. Absolutely. Thank you. Man flu, notwithstanding. Yeah, no, I, you wouldn't tell that you weren't feeling well. <laughs> <laughs> Sounding like Bonnie Tyler on a bad day. <laughs> Apologies to Bonnie Tyler. Um, so we'll Bonnie con- would ever have a bad day. No, exactly. Sure, idea. We're going to reconvene next week. We'll have two front, we'll have Tory front one as we have a ticket ready. We'll be counting down to a Tory leadership. I mean, who knows? We'll have a second referendum policy rolled out of Labour HQ. Theresa May will continue trying to spend money. Philip Hammond will keep threatening to resign. I mean, there's loads of stuff going on. There's it's, it's a, it's a very interesting times to uh, It's getting sexy politics, now, isn't it? Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, enjoy celebrating your th- the third anniversary of the Brexit vote on Sunday. Look forward to hearing about what yep. you all did. We're getting a birthday cake together, obviously, in the office. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an honour and a privilege, guys. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Brexit The Final Countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.